I'm your host, Kathy McKnight. If you're like me and you've ever sat back and wondered, how did I get here, whether literally or figuratively, in terms of your professional life or life in general, then you're in good company and have come to the right place. On Uncharted Journeys, you'll hear from amazing women about their straight and narrow, zigzaggy, or somewhere in between paths to success. Today's guest is the CEO of Women Talk Design, where she's on a mission to amplify the voices of women and non-binary individuals. She's trained hundreds of wannabe speakers on the power of storytelling and how to become a more confident public speaker. Knowing that helping to create great speakers is only half the equation, she and her team also provide resources for organizations and conference coordinators on how to create and maintain an inclusive environment that makes everyone feel welcome. A serial starter of good things, today's guest has also the co-founder of Austin Design Week, a week-long event celebrating the design community in Austin through 100-plus free community-hosted talks, workshops, and events. And this ran from 2016 to 2021. Prior to that, she founded and led education company General Assembly's Austin campus, launched the San Francisco campus, and championed the first-time-ever user experience design immersive program. As her next new thing, she has recently co-authored a book, Present Yourself, which will drop in March, and I'm sure we will talk about that. She currently lives in Berkeley, California, and if she isn't busy enough, she also finds time to volunteer with Creative Mornings Oakland, a monthly lecture series for her creative community, and her pup makes sure that she gets out for a daily walk. Welcome, Danielle Barnes. Thank you so much, Kathy. I'm really excited to be here with you. Well, that was the highlight reel. Uh, there is so much more that we were absolutely dig into, but tell me a little bit more about what you do today. Yeah, so as you mentioned, I'm currently the CEO of Women Talk Design, and it's the organization's really evolved over the past six years that I've been at the helm. It started, um, founded by Christina Woodkey as a speaker directory, and has since become much broader to really work to amplify the voices of women and non-binary folks, primarily through training through access to resources and through community. And my, my big focus recently, as you shared, has been working on this book that is our flagship public speaking course that we kickstarted, wrote, and are self-publishing to get it in the hands of more people. Well, I cannot, I will take all the help that I can get as a public speaker and, and out on the conference circuit, so I cannot wait for your book. We'll talk more about that. If you're ready, we'll <laughs> dig into the first four questions. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So what was the first career you remember wanting to do when you grew up? I, <laughs> I'm laughing at this because it's really embarrassing. When I was thinking back to it, I used to want to be a half fashion designer, half detective. This was, I remember I played with Barbies growing up with my best friend and I, I, I used to dress them, like make their, their outfits and, you know, we role played a lot with the Barbies and that was my dream job. And I thought for however many years that I was going to be moonlighting between a detective and a fashion designer, um, probably until about high school when I actually, you know, started to think about what that would actually mean and thought I'd pursue um, a career in law. That was my focus for a while. I worked at a law firm and figured that that would be the path that I would take. And there's a lot of reasons why I didn't ultimately do that, but um, definitely ended up in a very different place <laughs> place than I started. As you know, we were talking about before, I know you mentioned some of your guests know exactly what they want to do. And I have been very surprised by all of the jobs and, and many hats that I've worn throughout my career. Well, you know what? Surprises make for wonderful outcomes often. So we learn things about yeah. ourselves Although I, I really, I'm, I'm absolutely going to do some research on the whole 
detective fashion designer realm <laughs> and why that didn't take off. That just, that seems to me like a natural connection. So and well, what's I'm embarrassing is like, I am not very fashion forward. So like anyone would be like, you, you thought you'd be a fashion designer? I, yeah. <laughs> uh, who was the first big influencer in your life that you remember? And it would have to be my mom. I was raised by a single mother who worked full time. And I think the piece that really stands out to me is that she was so present and she somehow managed to be a single mom, work full time and still just show up so largely within our lives um, at every every event, everything we needed and um, just with so much love. And so that I think from a young age, I always knew that I could have a career and, and be a professional and also um, raise a family, which was important to me. That's amazing to have that that kind of example from birth, just to, to be there and ever present. Is there a song that epitomizes your career path or maybe one that you really jive into right now? You know, I have to say, I was listening to your podcast with Margot Bloomstein, and I almost shrieked a little bit when Brandy Carlisle came up because she is my absolute favorite. And I was like, I have to find a song by Brandy Carlisle that feels like it fits. But the one I keep coming back to is actually Sheryl Crow's um, Every Day is a Winding Road, which, you know, we talked about journeys. And um, yeah, I think that I... Every, everything about my career path has felt really windy. And looking back, I can see the connections and how I got here. But at the time, I feel like I've just been kind of following where, I don't want to say where the wind takes me. That sounds a little too casual. Um, but, you know, just moving forward in a very windy road. Well, it's great that you've been able to lean into the opportunities, even if they weren't as overtly obvious of, oh, absolutely, this is something I should do. And you know, uh, we'll, we'll dig into a little bit more of that. But I often, you know, a lot of the women that I've spoken to have been, again, like you, surprised by the fact that they've mm. taken some paths and they've looked back and gone, oh, okay, yeah, it kind of makes more sense now. But at the time, you're like, what am I doing, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, this yeah. is crazy. I never would have thought that I would coach people in public speaking. Like, I, <laughs> when I, I have looked back often, for examples from my past experiences to be able to share in some of the workshops and programs we run and a lot of the public speaking experiences I had went really terribly and so if I would have told myself then at that moment when I was hysterically crying during this high stakes presentation that I would one day teach public speaking I would have laughed for sure well that's good it's good like you can look back and you know see the humor in, in some of the things, <laughs> yes. you know, the juxtaposition, so to speak. What are three yeah. words you'd use to describe you and your career? I think the first word that came to mind is not a word to describe me, but very much describes my career, I think is serendipity or serendipitous. And I was mm-hmm. trying to think of how that might describe me and maybe embracing serendipity. Um, but I, I think that so many of the things that have happened throughout my career have been a combination of me going after things, but also serendipity. Um, I think ambition. I definitely have a lot of ambition. And um, I think the final one is like building or creating. I really like to be able to come together with other people and create something new. Um, so those are the three words that Clearly, you love to build new things with all of the things you have started and succeeded at and done. It's um, Yes, I think building is a very good word for you from that perspective. <laughs> Thanks. So 
we've talked, you know, these four questions, we've, you, you've talked about the, you know, the variety of, of paths that you've taken, the left turns, the right mm-hmm. turns, um, the serendipitous uh, nature of some of the decisions that you've made. What has that career journey been like for you? What does it look like? Yeah, it has, that's a good question. I'm trying to think of like, what is the starting part of this story to share what it's looked like? I think my career, if I were to summarize what it was about, it was a lot of noticing problems or opportunities and going after them. So I think back at my first job after grad school at General Assembly, there was a little bit of just like saying yes to this new opportunity and I wasn't sure you know, where it was going to take me, but I moved around a lot throughout the organization and moved up pretty quickly. And a lot of that was, you know, my ambition, but also spotting these things where I felt like, oh, this could be better or, oh, this is interesting opportunity here. You know, you shared um, that I had helped champion the first full-time user experience design immersive at General Assembly. And that came out of working on our part-time program and seeing that there was a full-time program in web development and realizing there was this need for folks that wanted to transition into design and that we needed more support there. And um, I have a funny story about it that might come up later. But, um, you know, I think that's been a lot of my journey is noticing, oh, Austin has this really amazing creatives that are all throughout the city, but there's not really one place where they can all come together. And, you know, what if we were to take this model that's in a lot of other cities, this design week, and bring it to Austin to help bring folks together to share ideas and and be inspired from one another. So I think that's the common thread throughout my career is, you know, spotting these potential opportunities to build or, or make something better or provide value to the, to the folks that I'm serving. That often is the piece that stops us. Many of us look and see like, oh, this could be better. And, you know, if it did it this way, or there's a gap here. Wouldn't it be wonderful mm-hmm. if this was available? Oh, somebody's probably already done it or is doing it and we let it go and whatnot. So certainly, you know, looking at, again, your, your CV, you see things and you act on them. So has has that always been your nature? Like as a kid, were you, you know, you'd see something and you'd, you'd, go, you'd go and do it? Is it, is it, that's just who you are? Huh, that's a good question. I don't know if anyone's ever asked me that. So I don't know if I've reflected on that before. I, you know, I, I even when I was younger, did have this, ambition to start things. And I think actually part of that came from, I was a Girl Scout um, and I really wanted to achieve the highest level that I could within Girl Scouts, which is the gold award. And as part of that, it was to start a project, to identify a need and start a project. And I started this adopt a grandparent program in my town. And so part of that maybe was ingrained in me through Girl Scouts of like, you are a leader and you can build and you can identify opportunities. But I don't know if I was like that just like naturally on my own. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I have to think about that more. <laughs> That's okay. And Girl Scouts is too funny. You say, you know, you wanted to go for the top award. The only reason I went, well, one, because my mom made me, but that's a whole other story. But once I was there, it was all about the competition for the badges. Is who mm. could fill up their sash, yeah. right, or their sleeves. So 
See, whereas yeah. you put you put that opportunity to good use, you started something that really helped a lot of people, I'm sure. Whereas me, it was all about the badge grab. 100% like learn to knit, learn to crochet, I mean, sew things. They were, things. they were, it was a good way to incentivize, you know, learn, learning new things and, and doing acts of service. So smart on the Girl Scouts. Absolutely. Was there a defining moment, decision, action, something that really significantly impacted the trajectory of your career? Some of the things that you've, you know, where you started, you were like many of us, we come out of college and university and we go work for someone. But somewhere along the way, you clearly have an entrepreneurial spirit and you've been able to blend those into the gigs that you've done. So was there something that really triggered that, that really impacted your, your career to say, yes, I can do these things and, and sent you in a, on a path? I can identify several different moments where there were kind of these key pieces in my career where something might have changed. I was thinking back to that user experience design immersive when I sent an email late at night to one of the engineers and asked them to just put up a landing page for this course that didn't exist to see if we could get some interest in it. Um, But I think even before that, it was in college. I think this was one of the amazing opportunities I had. I went to college out of state. I grew up in Florida. I went to school in Virginia. I'd always wanted to leave. And I realized I'd wanted to be a lawyer And I realized I could study anything as an undergraduate and then still go to law school. And I remember a friend had said to me once I realized I didn't want to be a lawyer anymore and I wasn't sure what to do. And I was like studying art history because I decided that's what I could do and and be a lawyer. And they mentioned this new commerce program that I could take and had shared like, you know, what if you take your art history uh, degree and do this global commerce program and then maybe you can travel to other countries and help local artists be discovered and like bring their work back to the States and sell it for a lot of money and help them get rich. And I was like, that's such an interesting idea. And I ended up doing the commerce program. I didn't end up (laughs) pursuing that, that uh, art vision, but I think it was just a friend in my life who helped me think about a career path differently that made me realize I could create, create things. I can create opportunities for myself. And, um, that I think really, I I should send them a note and thank them. I'm glad you made me think about that. I was going to say, I hope you're still friends with that person because I am. They're they're wonderful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think a a random Wednesday card and bouquet of flowers or chocolates, or maybe not tomorrow because tomorrow's Valentine's day, (laughs) maybe on another day because you you just get charged through the nose for, for anything you want to do tomorrow. Um, That's true. But it's it's so nice to hear that 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 person is still a part of your life and and still, yeah. you know, uh, moving forward. So what's your current role like? I'm so curious. There are there are you know, there are many organizations out there who help want to help people be better speakers or do things like that. But and some very much focused on women. But your organization, it's women and non-binary, and non-binary is, is such a segment of our population that just often gets overlooked and isn't considered, and people, frankly, don't understand because they just haven't taken the time and bothered to understand what that, what that means to someone, and it must be immensely positive for both you as well as the people who are coming to you to know that they're coming to a space that understands them. So 
how did how did that come about how did how did you evolve to be you know really there, there's not a lot of other organizations out there doing that specifically so I mentioned our organization has evolved a lot over the years. And when we first started, we were specifically focused on women. We were a directory of women speakers. And when a lot changed for our organization was in 2017. Uh, Jennifer Kim and Melissa Kim were two design interns that Christina hired to do research about why there weren't more women speaking on stage. And they interviewed event organizers and they interviewed speakers to figure out what the problem was. And uncovered a lot of really interesting insights of what stands in the way from women specifically being on stage. But these were issues about being a minoritized gender. And, you know, being a woman is not the only minoritized gender, you know, even more so are folks who don't identify on the gender spectrum. And so it was really important to be able to say, okay, if this is what we're, we're talking about, if we're talking about the ways that we, you know, might not be invited to the table or to the stage um, or have biases against us because our gender is being minoritized, then it's not just about women. It's also about non-binary folks. And, you know, one of one of the things that we have digging into over the years is that it's also not just about gender. Like we are so much more complex than that. And I think this came from a lot of folks in our community saying, yes, I'm a a woman, but I'm also a woman of color. I'm also a disabled woman. I, my identities are intersectional and that shows up in how I am invited to be on stage or if I'm listened to or heard in work meetings. And so that's something that we have continued to like explore and bake into the resources that we share and the, and the programs that we offer. And in full honesty, I mean, we've thought about changing our name and it's been hard to even get there because we don't just represent women. And yes, it's women and non-binary folks, but even in the book that we just published, we really tried to broaden it out to, you know, anyone who's been underheard or had to fight for a chance for the spotlight, anyone who has been pushed to the margins, because um, I think a lot of the skills that we teach in the space that we try to create is really for folks who have been in that minority. Right. So what is your current role like? What is it to build an organization and administer and guide it where, you know, it's different from what you were doing before? There, there's other people to consider and whatnot. What, what are the challenges? What gets you, like, jazzed and up in the morning? What are some of the compromises that are maybe different now than when you were doing other things earlier in your career? I, it's I, funny that you mentioned before that I'm very entrepreneurial because I think I didn't consider myself an entrepreneur until this moment, even though there were other roles where I maybe wore those hats. I, I don't think I ever thought that I wanted to run my own business or, or be at the helm of it. I always imagined myself as someone behind the scenes supporting someone else's vision. And so that within itself has been a bit of an adjustment to know that I, I am responsible for guiding a vision for making sure things happen and there's there's so many different stakeholders and there's this larger community that is really invested in the work that we're doing and so it is both a great honor but also a lot of responsibility to think about you know all the actions we take the things that we decide to say publicly versus not say publicly the types of programs we decide to invest in um, who we're choosing to amplify at any given moment 
Um, I, I think my role specifically, it's wearing a lot of different hats. It's going from like very big picture to what does the future of this look like and what should we be investing in and, you know, what should we be focusing on to the really small details of, you know, looking in the budget and, um, you know, we're moving over the copy edit details for the book that we're working on and adding an update to the website. So it's a back and forth and negotiation between very big picture, very small details. And what has motivated me has been all of the people, our community members, our alumni, our speakers, my team, um, and the challenges have been numerous. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, one of the, the big things is that um, having a mission of amplifying the voices of women and non-binary folks means that you are working to represent a lot of people. And I am, I am one person. I am a white, stri- straight, cis American woman who, you know, and so that has been really important to me to bring people into the process who have different identities and different perspectives of me. Um, and that's, that's definitely been one of the big challenges is, is knowing that, um, you know, I, I might too have my blind spots and how can we make sure to just constantly listen and learn and grow. So that's a really good point. And one of the questions that, you know, as I, I've spoken with a, a few CEOs, those of, you know, large organizations, smaller organizations, and one of the, the core themes have been for success for them as a leader of an organization is drawing the lines, you want to do it all mm-hmm. because you are responsible for it all. So those of us who are A-types and, you know, it's like that you want to have your hand in everything and you can't possibly do that. Whether your organization is, you know, 10 people big or whether it's mm-hmm. a thousand people big, you, you have to rely on the people around you. So have you been surprised at all by the things that you've decided to let go and let others lead and that obviously you check in and make sure that it's all, you know, lining up and whatnot? Versus the thing you've decided, nope, this is really my baby and I need to stay involved? Or have that you done com- that? Maybe you haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> it has, I mean, it's constantly been evolving. I think the biggest moment for me, I had my first baby last year. And oh, congratulations. That, thank you. My, first, my only baby right now, but, you know, my, yeah. I had a baby. <laughs> and unless you count my dog, my, my first baby. And that was such an important moment for me because I had to completely unplug. And years prior, I, Women Talk Design wouldn't have been able to continue to exist because it was just me doing everything. But leading up to that, I had a team, I had Liz and Jessica and Francis who have been working for Women Talk Design and, and helping support and grow our mission. And I was able to completely unplug and still have our community programs run, our communications go making progress towards some of these goals that we had. And that, and that was a huge moment for me. It was a, a forcing factor to like actually have to do that. But it also showed that I had started to do that earlier because they were very much capable of being able to, to take over those things. I think one, one thing that's been really amazing, um, the Present Yourself program is our public speaking course that turned into our book and very much like felt like my baby, I think, because I... Um, had helped create it with other, we've had a lot of instructors involved in it, but um, really the like structure of it and helping, you know, offer it in different cities and moving it online. We built this whole hybrid program online that I was running and Francis on my team 
like slowly started to take over some of the facilitation. And now she like operationally runs and facilitates our community program. And that has been really amazing. Just watching and reading the feedback of students being like, Frances is amazing. She's got such a big heart. She's such a great listener. She's, you know, so wonderful at supporting us. And um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been great to, to see that, but yeah, it's always, it's always hard to let go. At least, at least for me. <laughs> so by letting go of some things and, and, you know, having a baby, which is a big deal, and then it, it gives you space. We don't often take the time. Mm. Having kids is one of the few times where we do actually, like, completely step away and we have no choice, right? There is, there is mm-hmm. no processing going on other than, you know, food, poop, and, and keeping baby clean and, and alive. <laughs> so, you know, it, often when we step away from something new things come, right? It, it gives mm. room for different things to percolate. Did you find that? Did you come back knowing that, you know, people like Francis and other parts of your team were doing a great job and they, they continued to manage and, and help the organization prosper? Did that entrepreneurial new idea, identifying something to be filled or to do differently, mm. did you come back with that? I think the bigger thing that I came back for was the space to do a project I had already committed to and did not have time and space for, which was actually publishing this book. Um, Yeah, I had, you know, we had the year prior ran a Kickstarter to crowdfund the Present Yourself book because we wanted to self-publish it and we wanted to have contributors as part of it. And we wanted to be able to pay designers and editors and really build out the type of team that looked like our community that, you know, had a lot mm-hmm. of different backgrounds and identities. And so we did this big Kickstarter campaign at the end of 2022. And the plan was by the end of 2023 to get the book out. And I had been working on it early in the year, but I still had all these competing priorities. And then I went on maternity leave. And when I came back, I was like, oh, if we really want to publish this book by the end of the year, which it didn't have, spoiler, it didn't happen by the end of the year, um, I really need to put all my focus into this because I was both writing the book, co-authoring it with Christina, but also we had a lot of different stakeholders involved because we brought on so many different editors and contributors and people to be a part of it. And so that is really, rather than starting new, something new, it was about really bringing to life this, this important project that had kind of constantly been pushed to the side for other priorities until I had the space to really work on it. That's amazing. It's, uh, I can't wait to read it. So March, right? It drops. Do you have a date in March? Yeah, we do. We actually just opened pre-orders. We're publicly announcing it tomorrow. And March 11th is when the book will officially launch and ship. Excellent. Well, I will be sure to include the links for the pre-order in the show notes. So, I mean, it sounds like you're in the perfect spot, but if you weren't doing what you were doing now, you know, does does Danielle have an alter ego where, you know, money environment, all of that thing doesn't matter. Like, would you be that fashion designer slash detective or what would you be? So my, my retirement plan, which this is not a retirement. So we'll see, um, is that I have always loved the idea of starting my own bookstore, uh, like a local bookstore where there's some type of you know, you can bring back used books and maybe there's a coffee shop as part of it. And sometimes when I get really excited, I add on a ceramic shop that makes the, the ceramic mugs that we use at the coffee shop. And I just imagine myself being this 
you know, older, wiser, well-traveled, well-experienced woman who just spends all my time there and everyone comes and asks me for, you know, my advice and tells me their stories. And so I still don't know that I'd want to do it yet because I feel like there's this this time in my life when I, I'd yeah. want to be doing it. I think the other option would be, you know, I, and this is what I imagine myself doing before Women Talk Design is I would love to help make someone else's vision a reality. I think there's this part of me that, is entrepreneurial, but there's also a part of me that is very operational and like really loves to be able to make things happen. And I don't always have the big ideas. And so I, I really love the idea of getting super excited about someone else that I believe in and someone else's vision and, and making it a reality. I actually, I told a friend of mine, if she decided to run for office, I would like love to be her right hand person to help, uh, you know, launch her into her political career. Cause I love this idea of, you know, being able to be behind the scenes and and help someone else shine. That's amazing. You would do very well at that. Clearly, you are you Thank are you. good at connecting <laughs> the dots. So, for our listeners, what would be your best piece of advice, whether it's on life, career, success, happiness, really anything you'd like to share? I've gotten so much good advice over the years, so that is a hard question. Um, something that comes to mind based on my own journey and also something you mentioned earlier. I'd asked you before we started recording how you started this podcast and it sounded like the moment when you actually started it was when you told a friend about an idea and I think a lot of the big moments in my career have happened when I spoke the thing out loud to someone else and I think that would be my biggest piece of advice is to share your ideas aloud to people and I guess this actually ties back to women talk design and our call is to share your voice and share your ideas but I think that not just sharing them out loud, like in a room by yourself, but to other people. Because I, I truly believe that, I mean, for me specifically, my community has been so important and helpful in my career. And I think that that's true of most people. And oftentimes they don't know how to help you if they don't know what what it is that you're looking for. And so if you have an idea or something that you want to do or something that you want to pursue, share, saying it out loud to them, they can help hold you accountable. They can cheer you on. They can validate you that it's a great idea, help make connections for you. So I think that would be my biggest piece of advice. Yeah, And that's what often holds us back is we have these ideas. We have this dream, something, you know, we could be sitting on it for years and we're too afraid to say it because then you've got to do it. Right. So it's, you know, whether Mm -hmm. it's writing a book or, doing a big trip, changing jobs, starting a business, whatever it is, is you say it out loud and then all of a sudden it's there and you start to manifest it. So you want to mm-hmm. be sure, like, is that really what I want to do? But having the validation, having someone help you and not just be your cheerleader, but somebody who's also going to challenge you on it. Like, okay, so you want to open a company that knits sweaters for giraffes. Love the creativity. <laughs> Let's talk this through a little bit on like audience yeah. and, you know, market and whatnot. But, yeah. you know, that, that's a ridiculous example. But somebody, you know, you, you need both in your, in your camp. And I think, yeah. again, having that, you know, the, the courage to speak it out loud to someone who you trust is, is something that is a gift and not everybody has it. So um, that, is, that is great advice. So if you don't feel you have that person, seek it out because there, are, there is a community out there for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we've talked about good. the book. It drops March 11th. I'm going to include mm-hmm. the link to pre-order, and everybody should pre-order it. 
uh, in the show notes. Any other events or anything coming up with regard to either the organization or your book that you'd want to share? The, the big thing is the book. We have, I think we're planning a launch event around it, but we don't have the date yet. So it's har- harder for me to share. Um, but I think if anyone tunes into Women Talk Design's website, womentalkdesign.com, we have a training and events page where we announce all of our events. Uh, one of the big ones is Present Yourself is also still a course. And so we are, I think, this week opening up enrollment for our April program. It's an eight-week public speaking course that you join a cohort and get support and practice and feedback as you're, you're learning the skills that are now also in the book, but without that live component. Um, so womentalkdesign.com is the best place to find out about that. Danielle, thank you so much for today's conversation. So inspiring. I cannot tell you how much I love everything about what you are doing with Women Talk Design. Thank you so much, Kathy. I really appreciate the questions that you asked. They got me thinking about my career and my journey in a new way. And I'm really grateful to be on this podcast. Well, again, yeah, wonderful guest. I can't, this is, this has been so inspiring for me. I'm, I am someone who is very, you know, process oriented, but I, something that you said resonated about, you know, if you weren't a- after the ceramic bookstore coffee shop that you're going to open, <laughs> but you know, about helping others, um, bring their vision their dream to life because mm-hmm. that's that's where my sweet spot lies that's that's mm-hmm. where I love to to do and 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 see other people it's I guess one of the reasons why I love consulting so much is because we get to do that you know client after mm-hmm. client so um you've you've gotten me thinking about stuff as well now so so thank you for that to my audience thank you for listening to Uncharted Journeys with me your host Kathy McKnight I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Danielle and hearing about how if you really have a passion for something and see an opportunity, just jump on it and go for it and uh, see what happens because a path might be windy, but when you look back, there's probably that consistent thread of, of goodness that you're doing. If you're keen to hear more amazing stories from amazing women, then head on over to unchartedjourneys.net and listen to some of our other episodes. You can also sign up for the newsletter as well as check out links and resources in the show notes like buying Danielle's book. Thanks again for listening. See you next time. And until then, enjoy the journey. I used to ride with a vending machine repair.